Hey guys. All right. I have a lot to say and I have a lot of scripture today. I usually don't have a lot of scripture. You usually just get to hear me talk and cry and talk and cry. But um, first service, there was no crying. Who knows? The Lord can always do something. But um, there's just a lot of scripture. So I just want to first, before I begin, challenge you to really listen and take notes because you can easily hear it and it sounds really great and you're like, yes, I feel encouraged. But then it could easily just go right over your head as soon as you leave here today. So if you'd write it down and then go home and process it, that's how this message will really take root and produce fruit. So here we go. I am talking about a huge topic that's usually really broad, and I'm going to try to bring it down to practicality. I am known for getting right to the point and concising things and making it really black and white. So that's what I'm going to try my best to do today. I'm talking about God's vision for our lives. We're always asking that question. I think that's in being in leadership or a pastor, that's what I hear often as the main struggle for people in life is what is my purpose? What is God calling me to do? What does that look like in my life? You might know overall what your purpose is as a Christian, but you don't know how to actually put that in place. And what does that look like realistically for you? So the practical person here is going to try to bring it down to our level. So what is <laughs> what is God's vision for our lives? And it's a perfectly timed message because we're going into the new year. And if you're anything like me, you may possibly be the type that gets out your like planner or your vision board or your journal and you're like, what didn't work last year? And what do I actually need to change for next year? What are in every area? And that's what I do. Um, and I would really strongly suggest it because otherwise you're just kind of walking through life and you didn't even see where you need to adjust. So I um, will make a list and I'll think about all of the departments in my life, like my kids, my marriage, our church, um, leadership team, everything, even my house, um, everything. And I'll think what um, robbed my peace, what needs to change, what does the Lord want me in the next to do in the next season. So we're going to be talking about vision in general, but we need to know God's overall vision for our lives before we can get our individual vision or purpose, until we can get our blueprint, our, our plan so I'm going to first start off with his vision for our life. And I'm going to make, I'm putting it all in one word. I believe God's overall vision for our life is for us to have an abundant life or abundance. So I know that sounds very broad, but I'm going to break it down. So John 10.10, 10, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in the full fullness until you overflow. Some of you are like, that's lovely. Not feeling like I'm overflowing today. Not feeling the abundance. That's great, but it's not working for me. So hold on. We're going to get there. <clears throat> 
we're going to talk about what does true abundance mean. I kind of, I've been really processing, I didn't get into this in the first one, but we have a tad more time here. Um, I've been trying, I've been processing the concept of prosperity gospel. I almost wanted to name this the prosperity gospel, but <laughs> everybody would be like, what? <laughs> What's going on at Rock City? But I feel like we need to redefine the prosperity gospel. There's nothing wrong with having a mindset of prosperity. There's nothing wrong. The Lord wants abundance. I'm going to show you in the scripture how he wants abundance. He wants prosperity. He wants success. The word success is actually in the Bible. But we've got it twisted. A lot of the um, people we follow through the years in the Christian realm, they've kind of twisted our view on the prosperity gospel. And it's became a warped view of more like name it and claim it. If you're sick, you must be doing something wrong. Bigger is better. Flashier is better. And I think we need to redefine the definition. And that is resting in his promises being yes and amen. So what does that look like even in your suffering? I know this is a side thing and this is deep, but I'm going to make it concise. So you, want, you think abundance, prosperity, but then you have sickness and a loss of a child like in our, in our situation. What is abundance in that situation? That's taking it to a whole nother level. Abundance in that situation is the peace and contentment, that the comfort that comes like only God can provide. That's the yes and amen. That's the faithfulness we're singing about. People are singing that song like, your promises are yes and amen. And they're probably thinking of, I'm going to get that house. And I'm going <laughs> to that like, you can really be, you can even worship in a warped mindset. It's not about stuff. It's about contentment. It's about rest and knowing that no matter what happens in life, you have Jesus. His promises are yes and amen, meaning he will see you through. He will carry you. He carried me. It was supernatural. That's what you can depend on, the supernatural peace that passes all understanding in every situation of your life. That was a side note. Okay. <clears throat> so prosperity gospel redefined contentment. So we're going to talk about abundance. I want to clarify that because when you hear abundance, um, it can be twisted. So let's define uh, abundance. We're going to go to Genesis 128, and I'm just going to briefly say that it talks about being fruitful and multiply, keeping this so simple, fruitful and multiply. And a lot of you are taking that literally, and you just keep multiplying. Lots of babies. <laughs> Look at our kids' classrooms. So, which is great. The Lord loves children. We can have a lot of children, but it's talking about... Uh, spiritual reproduction. It's talking about creating sons and daughters, being, and then um, reproducing. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a abundant life is an, a life that produces fruit. And we're going to talk about what that fruit is. Another scripture. Just go with me. I will start telling you more stories. And I know that a lot of scripture can be a lot, but it's so awesome. I was telling him that I could sit from the morning until night and I don't even want to get up to go to the bathroom because I'm like so into it. Because if you, re 
I know that that's probably TMI, but it's like, you're really, once you, I hear all the time, like, I don't, I don't like get the Bible. I don't want to read the Bible. It's our living bread. It's the only way we can make it through this life. If you're wandering around like a lost person without it, you think you're managing on your own, but you could be doing so much better if you had the word. And so it's so fun because you'll look up one topic like abundance, like I did, and David knows this message took me more time of analyzing and changing than anything I've ever done because it was like a treasure hunt of scriptures and which ones to choose and which ones not. And so I'm going to get, you're just going to get what I chose, but there's so much more. So take the scriptures I give you and it's going to take you to other scriptures. And I'm telling you, you could spend days on the one topic. So Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 in the Message Bible. God can do anything, you know, for more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working with us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So that's when we get to the point that it is this abundance that we want. We want to produce fruit. Um, we want to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but we can't have that unless we're walking in the Spirit. So if we're not depending on the Holy Spirit in every area of our life, we won't produce love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, all of those things. Um, and you can, you can tell because in my life, um, I can do like a daily check. Like if I'm not walking in peace, I'm walking in stress. If I am not having self-control in certain areas, it can look like a range of ways, the self-control thing. I mean, it could be too much phone. It can be too much food. It can be um, anything, or it could be as drastic as, you know, other things we don't need to get to. <clears throat> so self-control is important. You can think about all the ways, if, if you're not walking in the fruit of the Spirit, you know that you're not deeply connected to the Spirit. Um, and that's, the, you won't have a life of abundance. If you're lacking abundance in your life, check whether or not you're walking in the fruits of the Spirit. So how do we live a productive, an abundant life? We have to live God's way. So Galatians 5, through 23 says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We believe, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Who wants that? I want that. <laughs> I mean, if you really break that scripture down, you're, you're producing fruit, you have serenity, exuberance for life. Everybody wants to have exuberance or reason to get up, a willingness to stick with things, to put down roots and actually not jump ship or go to where the grass is always greener. A sense of compassion in your heart, a conviction. We've got to have the conviction in our heart. We have that when we walk with the Spirit. So that's what it looks like. It walks looks like joining um, connecting to the Spirit. And then we can always go to John 15, and I'm just going to touch on John 15, telling you it's like a treasure hunt. So John 15, it just says, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you cannot pr- produce fruit. Guys, you're getting with it. I didn't even put that scripture in my notes. Look how fast they are. <laughs> so anyway, uh, John 15. I love that scripture. I think it's always uh, another thing that I always, like a checklist. Like um, if I'm not producing fruit, if I'm not walking in that fruit, I have disconnected. I am not connected to the vine. There's something amiss in my life. And I'm, I'm, I know this is super practical. Uh, so when we're connected uh, and we're abiding and we're connected to the Holy Spirit and we're walking in all of this fruit, we're producing, we're growing, we, there's the confident expectancy that David was just talking about. There's the fact that you know that he has the best for you. You know all the time that he has he wants success for your life. Does everyone truly believe that he wants success for your life? That's what you have to truly believe in every year as you pursue anything. Joshua 1, 8 in the voice, which is a new version I'm really getting into. Um, it says, let the words from the book of the law be always on your lips. Meditate them on them day and night so that you may be careful to live by all that is written in it. If you do, as you make your way through the world, you will prosper and you will always find success. There it is. There's the word, prosper and success in one verse. And so we have to think about, well, how? Like, you, do you just prosper and success if you are a Christian? No, you prosper and success if you're meditating on the word day and night. I mean, we, you know what I mean. It's not a literal thing, but it's a, it's a thing that you're always wanting and craving and making time for, carving time for his word, carving time to sit in his secret place and, and hear his voice for your life. That's what produces the abundant life. That's what's prosperity and success. Uh, that's when it comes. So you have to think about what is success. When you hear success, you're thinking, right, I want to be like the, have the highest position, make the biggest um, salary, all of that. But you've got to think about success to redefine success, kingdom success and world success. So this, I'm going to try to say this in the nice possible way. There's a lot of people, like, I'm really into following speakers, like women speakers, because it's my world, you know, I like it. And so I watch women speakers that travel the world and speak and write. And um, a lot of times they're making what appears successful, like their lives are successful. And we're looking at that as kingdom success, when oftentimes it still is a version of worldly success because they're glorifying in some ways busyness, um, work hard and make it happen, stress and pressure. There's a whole movement that says like you make the life you want to live. You make it happen. Work harder, get up earlier, and that's a, that's the movement I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's this there's this whole movement in uh, certain speakers that I've been watching, and Christian women fall prey to it and think, yes, well, she's a Christian, she's successful, she's getting asked to speak everywhere, then she must, that must be what we follow. But we've got to always remember what is kingdom success so that we don't ever get confused. And we're always longing for kingdom success, not world success. Kingdom success is spiritual abundance. 
contentment. If I were to have to define success, I would define it as contentment. If you think about Solomon, he had everything. He all, at the end of his life, he's like, it's all vain. And then you think about Paul, he's in a worst possible position in prison. And he's like, I call it, you know, I'm content in all things. So if you have contentment, no matter how much you have or don't have, you are a successful person. And so that's kingdom success is being content. And success is found in faithfulness, in putting down roots to bear fruit, um, and following and trusting the process. There's a big process in following the Lord and trusting his every step, and we'll talk about that more. So success is not always necessarily huge, nice houses, big cars, becoming rich, although I do believe the Lord wants good for you. I don't think we need to be these, hum- like, when we think of humble, we think of, like, poor and quiet. No, <laughs> it's not poor and quiet. Randomly, the Lord popped into my mind, um, humble doesn't mean hidden. Does that make sense to anybody? Whenever I was, like, I don't know, I think I was brushing my teeth. This is how the Lord is. Like, I'll just be processing scripture, and then later he'll pop something into my mind. And so humble doesn't mean hidden. You can have a successful life. You can live your life out loud. You don't have to be hidden if you have, you, you know, you're showing the, the Lord, you're showing the world abundance, what, true abundance, which means joy, contentment. If you have nice things, it's not that you have to hide them. You want to show the world what it's like to be blooming, what it's like, what they're missing. It's not like you have to hide your confidence. Your true confidence is in Christ and not in yourself. And so if you're, if you're boasting in yourself, yeah, that's wrong. But if you're boasting in the Lord and everything he's provided for you and how you have found contentment and success for yourself, then you're on the right track, and the, there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have to be hidden in order to be humble. Another side note that wasn't in my notes. <clears throat> so Psalm 16:11 once again in the voice says, You direct me on the path that leads to a beautiful life. As I walk with you, the, the pleasures are never-ending, and I know true joy and contentment. So that's what I want, and that's what I want for all of us. I want us to be directed into the beautiful path, and I want us to experience true joy and contentment. If we had true joy and contentment in our everyday, we would be thriving. We would have the abundant life we all long for. So I think I've given enough on the whole overarching what does God want for us. If I had to sum it up, he wants abundance. He wants abundance for your life. Now, you're, you're asking probably, that's great. But, like, if I were sitting there, I would be asking this question. I'd be saying, that's great, but what does that look like for me? We all come to church and want something for ourselves, right? <laughs> um, that's the question everybody subconsciously asks is, what's in it for me? Like, what, um, how does this apply I know that sounded bad, but it's true. Uh, How does this apply to our lives? What is God's specific vision for my life? What, how am I supposed to use the gifts and talents he's given me to actually know where I'm going in life? So I'm going to get there. Proverbs 29, 18. I know this is a lot of scripture. Um, In the message, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. 
And in the Passion, it says, when there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. So we've got to think about the, the definition of vision is actually divine guidance and revelation. So if you don't know what God's doing in a situation, if you don't know, if you don't have his divine guidance and his revelation in every area of your life, you're going to be wandering all over the place. And if you're wandering all over the place, there's a big chance that you are lacking contentment, lacking contentment. You're lacking joy. It goes on and on and on and on. You're lacking the fruits of the spirit because you're not hearing from him. You don't have his revelation for your life. And you're probably asking, that's great. How do I get that? Well, I have that answer for you, too. <laughs> I'm going to try to answer all your questions in one Sunday morning. <clears throat> so uh, how do we get his divine guidance? This is where it gets super practical. Um, we can look at one chapter and a couple of verses in the book of Habakkuk to get our answer for that. Um, we've probably all heard this, but I'm going to break it down um, into practical steps. So Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3, and I'm talking um, from the voice. I will make my place at the watchtower. I will stand at my post and watch. I will watch and see what he says to me. I need to think about how I should respond to him. Write down the vision. Write it clear on tablets so that anyone who reads it may run. For the vision points ahead to a time I have appointed. It testifies regarding the end, and it will not lie. Even if there is a delay, wait for it. It's coming. It will come without delay. That's another scripture you could read every day, and it would really encourage you. <laughs> but if you broke that down, you start with the first sentence, I will take my place in a watchtower. That's seclusion. That's going off and finding your secret place. I was, I'm just going to put it in practical terms. For me, what it looks like often is going to sit by the water. And I think I've told you guys this. I go park by the water. And everything the enemy could possibly do to distract me, he does. Like the people that park next to you to smoke weed or make out. <laughs> just, I'm just telling you, it really could happen. On Ocean Drive, try to park by the water. There's always somebody that's going to be distracting you. Just, you just have to be like one with Jesus. So, so it doesn't have to look like parking by the water for you. If you have an office, whatever, your closet. Some people are really literal with that prayer closet. They go into their closet. That's fine. Go wherever you've got to go to get solitude. And Jesus did that often. He went away from the crowds to hear from the Lord. So we've got to do that in our lives. We've got to make it a priority to be quiet and hear our own thoughts, and hear the Lord's thoughts. And that might even mean, like, not having worship music sometimes. Sometimes that can even be distracting because you're, like, if you're like me, I process the words, and I process, like, it gets me going in a different direction. But sometimes you just need to have complete silence. And some people are very awkward because when you're silent, you actually have to deal with your stuff. So silence is great. Let's start with silence. And then it says that we have to wait and we need to be quiet. So 
waiting is hard because we're always in a rush. Like everybody has a lot to do. And so you go and you make that time to be alone with him. But then you might not actually hear this like thus saith the Lord. And you didn't actually get something so clear and straight. So then you feel like you waste your time. But it's never in vain. Your time with the Lord is never in vain. I want you to know that. And I'll, I'll touch on that more in a minute. But once you get there, you wait. So the, the point is you have to make a diligent point to go seek him. And you want to know, people always ask me, like, I don't really know what the Lord's doing in my life. I need a vision for my life. I don't know what my purpose is. And I always ask them, how often do you read God's word? And it's usually, if they're being honest, they're like, I don't. Or I read a scripture every now and then. Or I say, do you spend time with the Lord do you, in your secret time, do you go make time for him? Do you carve out time in your schedule as a priority before you work out, before you go to work, whatever, where, whenever it looks? And the answer is usually no. So the, the word is telling us here that you have to be diligent to make it a priority to be alone with the Lord. And then once you're there, he is going, you, you just cry out to him like David was talking about earlier. It's about crying out to him and being serious about wanting to hear his voice and expecting to hear his voice. You get there and you want to expect to hear his voice. You want to cry out and say, hey, this isn't working. I don't know what to do in this and part of my life. What's your heart for my kids this season? What's your heart for my church or my position or what area should I go? Just talk to him like a normal person and then you'll hear him. And then I love how it says, it says, I will watch and see what he says to me. Because most of the time, unless you're like super spiritual and you get all these audible voices from the Lord. Anybody? Audible voices? Oh, we do have some really awesome audible voice people. There was one time I thought I heard an audible voice. <laughs> I was telling them about it. It's like, I always feel, I always hear the Lord, but to feel like it's like shouting like an actual voice is more rare for me. Um, and it's actually more rare for everybody. Two people raise their hand. So the point I'm just trying to make is that it's actually rare to hear an audible voice. But um, there was a one time I was just going up the stairs and it's like the Lord said, two words, and it was so loud in my spirit that I thought it was, like, loud, like he was actually in the room, you know, I was, like, looking around, so it can happen, and also the point I wanted to make with that is, yeah, you can go have the quiet time, and you can cry out to the Lord, but sometimes you won't get a specific download right then, but it's still not a waste because like I had just said, I, when I heard that audible voice, I was randomly running up the stairs to get a jacket for one of my kids. I wasn't in my quiet time, so, but I had sewed into my quiet time. That morning I had sewed and I had cried out, what do I do about this situation? I don't know. And I was frustrated, I'm being real honest, because I felt like I wasted my time because I'm a doer and I need to check off my list and I wanted to hear from the Lord and then move on with my day. And he didn't decide to speak to me at that point. Anybody else? Is it just me? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, you know I have limited time and you need to get talking. I'm here. I'm just here. La, la, la. Like just waiting to hear from you and you're not talking. Um, and then it'll be like later, but I, I went to diligently cry out and seek and read his word. And he, he always rewards the faithful. He, I'm going to get through it. <laughs> he always does. So take the pressure off. 
The pressure isn't. I have to hear this audible voice, and then I have to do it, and it's all in my strength. That's what I want to get out of your mind. His burden is, you know what I'm saying, easy. Wait, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. I actually know my Bible. <laughs> but when I get emotional, I lose my mind. Um, <clears throat> anyway. He is so faithful. You don't have to have it all figured out. All he cares about is your heart. He just wants to be with you. And then if you don't get the download, you don't get the plan, you don't get the bullet points, and I love plans and bullet points, and I love making a list so I can check it off and feel accomplished. But if you don't get that, just trust the process. Trust the Lord. Just so into your secret time. That's what I want to hammer the most today is go sit and be with Jesus. That's where abundance comes from. That's it. That's the answer. It's that simple. Go be with Jesus. And then you become like him, and then you produce fruit, and you're abundant. It's really could be in that two sentences. Um, and so it's, it's not like... Uh, you, you have to have it all figured out. So you seek, you're quiet, you wait, you're diligent with your time and your effort. And then once he drops out, drops a picture, like, like it said, I will watch and see. So a lot of times with me, it's not that he gives me an exact word or like direction. He gives me this vision, like a visual picture. I don't know if anybody else has experienced that, but a lot of times it's a vision. And like, he gave me a vision for what this entire building in the classrooms would look like in a second because I was praying about it. And I know that's like in a really literal sense, but he can do that. And it was just so beautiful. And he gave me that before we even like were even going to be moving into this building. And now we're however many years later, and it's actually just now starting to come to pass. So once you get that picture, you have to be obedient and trust the process. Oh my gosh, has it been a process of Rock City in my life, my life. It's all like this sometimes. But if I didn't have the overarching vision, then I wouldn't know where I was going. And so then I would be constantly discontent and unhappy. But since I already know where the Lord is bringing us to a place of abundance, then I can walk in contentment and trust is every step. So you have to have that overarching vision that his heart for us is abundance, fruitfulness, prosper, prosperity, and success, and not the warped version of the prosperity gospel. Um, okay, so Psalms 119.105, and this explains what I'm talking about, about trusting the process. It says, truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. You don't know what you're, you're, where you're going. You don't know what the what direction and you you're confused you need a revelation of his word so that you can make your path your pathway can be clear if you don't have a revelation the definition of vision is a revelation or divine um divine guidance so if you don't have divine guidance and revelation for every single area of your life you're going to walk in confusion you will not have contentment and what is the definition of success that Lord want, the Lord wants us? Contentment in all things, no matter how messy and how bad it looks. People that grow fruit have long roots. They have roots that, are, that stay and grow. 
and I didn't tell this in the first one because I feel like I've told this before, but the one time, like about a year after um, my, about that Eden had passed away, I had this dream of like a beautiful field of tulips that were pastel colors. And I knew the Lord was saying that my spring was coming because I was definitely in my darkest winter. And whenever, um, whenever I really looked into this um, tulips, it talks about how in the winter, they might not be blooming, but they're still growing. Their roots are being prepared for the spring. So you could still be in your hard season, but you, you could still be in abundance. You're still growing. Your roots should still be growing, even in your dark seasons. Because if you're connected to the vine, you're still growing. All that matters is that you're connected to the vine, that you don't go disconnect and then try to live your life on, in your own terms, in your own way. So what's our vision at Rock City Church? Uh, well, it's God's vision. So <laughs> we talked about what God's vision is. His vision is abundance. Um, and I think about Rock City as... Um, if we're walking in abundance, we are literally a garden. And I know we've talked about gardens, and a lot of you are like, what the heck are they talking about being a garden? We're a church being a garden. So I wanted to break that down. <clears throat> Think about gardens. They're beautiful. They produce fruit. They have roots that remain no matter what the climate is around them. So we, you think about um, trees, if you keep uprooting them and moving them to another spot, they don't grow as well and they, they don't produce fruit. So we have to be planted firmly. We have to be a church that's planted firmly, being a garden with roots. And then we have to be a family. I talked about in the first service how um, the Lord said that we are to be a house of belonging. What does it look like to belong? If we belong, we're part of a family. I want this place. That's why I'm just real. I'm as real as you could possibly be here and everywhere else and so is David and so is that's the culture that we um have represented and we recreate in that I'm vulnerable and real and we want that from everybody we're not about a performance or a church looking like it should look we want to look like a true family where you can walk in and you can belong and we have to think about once we get our vision for ourselves, and I forgot to say that once you get your vision, you get your plan. You have to remember that life is a marathon, not a sprint. So the Lord will drop down like certain things that he's calling you to do in your life, but you can't be like I often am. And you cannot think, well, I need to just hurry up and do it. I just hurry, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that. You've got to take it slow and steady. And like I said in the first service, like I run. I need to think of my life like I run, which is slow and steady. I mean, I can run, <laughs> Lacey knows this, I ran with her. I can run quite a while, but it's going to be at a slow pace, slow and steady. And so that's what we need to think about our lives as. I mean, we can't rush through life. We have to just take... Um, just take his lead. So when it says truth shining light guides my my choices and my path, you have to think about it right around your feet. So with building the church or any area in my life, I always want all of those steps. I want to like race through, but you have to think about he's just giving you enough light for your next step. That's all you're responsible for. 
take the pressure off because his his word is a, a lamp unto my feet. So once you know his word, you've got his word, his vision for your life, his direction, just take it one step at a time. Just make the next best step. Give him your yes. Even if it's your weakest yes, just give him your yes. So that's what I try to tell myself when we're building, when we're in this process of building the church. Um, we have to think about building with him, doing life with him and not for him. He could care less like how much you achieve and how great of a position you have. All he wants is your heart. He wants to be with you and do it with you. And so when we look at Psalms 119.105, oh, never mind, not that one. Psalms 127, 1 through 2. If God's grace doesn't build help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle in it, it, it in vain. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. God can provide for his lovers even while they're sleeping. I love that scripture. I could read that every day as well. It's, there's nothing we can do for him. He has to do it with us. We cannot take the burden of building this church and, and it looking a certain way. I cannot take the stress on me or it would be awful. So I constantly remind myself, the Lord is building this house. The Lord is building your life. All you have to do is trust him and take the next best step. And so that takes away confusion. That takes away stress, fear of missing out, feeling like you need to measure up. Remember, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And so it's our faithfulness that he wants. And we go back to the very beginning. It's our faithfulness that he wants. And how do we have abundance in this church? How do we make sure we're growing as a church? We, are, we stay planted we grow healthy roots, we produce, we produce fruit no matter what the climate is around us. When we live in abundance, we produce fr good fruit because we know him intimately. So once again, John 15, if we stay connected to the vine, if we just stay connected to him, that's all he wants from us, is stay connected, hear his voice, seek his words, get his plan for your life. All that matters is his plan for your life. And so that's what I want for Rock City. I want us to be a people that know intimacy, that know how to be a son and daughter of a father. Think about a father. He wants the best for us. He wants to see us thrive and bloom. If we have that mentality, that intimate connection and relationship and not a religion, there's no reason we wouldn't grow as a church. There's no reason we wouldn't produce fruit if we're putting him first. And so that's all I have for you today.